everybody. You are enjoying so many sequels today. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. That's a mighty big assumption you made there, Josh. That they're enjoying it? Yeah. Well, they are now. We've not yet given them a reason to not enjoy it. We right. might give them one. But as of right now, they're still enjoying themselves. That's yeah, you're still enjoying it from the last time you were listening to it. Yeah. Carry it over. Carry it over Ooh. into this. Carry Ooh, the yeah. one. Carry the one. And to introduce myself, I'm David. I never said me, but I'm Garrett. Yeah. Now the order's all yeah. screwed up, and now Who they're are not you? enjoying themselves. No. <laughs> so we're in our second week of our Halloween spooktacular month. Ooh, I don't no know why that's what I always call it, but I always call it that. Yeah. I think it's a great name. I think I come up with great names. Some of the best names ever. <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of people are many people that. tell me that. Many people say that. <laughs> do, you have, do you have the best words? I think I have the best words, personally. And I've been told that by many people. People you may know. <laughs> people you may know. Yeah. Uh, so we're calling it that. Excellent Because people. that's what I'm calling it. The best people. Um, last week, we kicked off the month with... Um, Oh, I know what you did last summer. I completely forgot. I spaced. I know what you did last summer. That's I know what you did last it. summer. The we 90s know slasher film. We did last week. We promised. And then today we're going to cover um, a. Was this movie out in 2003? Yeah. It's yeah. right. Yeah. A, a 2003 yeah. film called Identity, mm-hmm. starring John Cusack, um, Ray Liotta, Amanda Peet, um, <laughs> Dr. Kelso. Uh, <laughs> um, and some others. Oh, Alfred Molina, who is always just Doc Ock to me. Yep, yep. <laughs> but so, so we covered Rebecca that. This, we're going to talk about that this week. That was that was David's suggestion for the wheel. Um, we all mm-hmm. we all threw out two movies mm-hmm. and we're spinning, and that was his. Um, I I know I think I know I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. I suspect many others all do as well. My first thought that I will kick things off with is I do not think this is a Halloween film. <laughs> no, no. I don't know if it's quite a Halloween movie. But it's a it's it's you know, it's it's closer to that than it is others. Not a yeah. Christmas movie. <laughs> so since this was your pick, why don't you kick off by telling us your thoughts of this movie after, I assume this is like the first time you've seen it in a while. Yeah, I would say probably since like 2004, 2005, um, caught this movie on TBS or something like that when I was a young kid. And, oh, and uh, let me interrupt <clears throat> real quick to say, to be honest, I know, can, do you hear me? Okay, the connection is yeah, weird. I don't know. Okay, I was just gonna say I know this is an old movie, oh, I'm sorry. but but it's very twist heavy. So I want to do put like we are gonna spoil some big twists in this movie. So even though it's old, I don't think it is super well known. So if you don't want to be spoiled by it, don't listen because it really would ruin the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so so there's my so, spoiler. Thing. Um, yes, exactly. <clears throat> Exactly, and if you guys are having trouble hearing me, yeah, let me know. Yeah, I think I might be having some internet buddy. issues over here. Yeah, it's internet. Oh man, I'm not sure what I can do. Um, let me pull this out. Um, so 
I haven't seen this movie in a while. I remember seeing it on TV and I remember, um, I remember the twist kind of surprising me, uh, at that age, just because I didn't, you know, like when you were, when you see something on TV, you're not as invested in it. So when something crazy or different happens, you're like, Whoa, um, that, I didn't see that coming. But, um, having not seen it for a while, I kind of put it on the board, even though I thought this movie's probably not going to be as good as I remember it being. But I was actually kind of surprised because I thought, you know, for me knowing, me knowing the twist going in and watching, I was like, you know, it's actually kind of, it's, it's, it's fairly engaging for the most part. Um, and I think that where they place this, the, the actual, tw- like the, the, the real tw- is early enough that it doesn't, it's not as unsatisfying as it could have been. If like the last two minutes of the movie were this big reveal, uh, and I'll just kind of skip to it with John Cusack in the chair, like if that was the last two minutes of the movie, it would feel like an FU. But because that happens with like 20 minutes to go, it's kind of like, oh. Like I kind of watched, I was like, oh, that kind of changes the dynamic of how the rest of the story plays out because now you have different stakes. Whereas last week, we watched a movie. I know what you did last summer where we talked about how it didn't really do anything to reinvent the premise of a, of a slasher or a mystery, of a mystery horror type movie. I feel like this at least makes the effort to subvert your expectation and do something a little bit different. Um, even if it doesn't fully become, it may not be fully satisfying for others, but I think that there's at least something to be said about the effort of, Hey, what if, we do a movie that is a basically an homage to, and then there were none or that tradition, the Christie style horror mystery or murder mystery, but we do it in a way that it turns out it's actually all taking place within somebody's head. Um, how would, you know, like let's, let's get creative with it. So I think that aspect of it, I think is, I appreciate, um, it kind of even makes it kind of like, like in a weird way, it makes up for any of the logical leaps that would, that, that exist within the genre. Cause it's like, of course there are logical leaps. It's not actually happening. It's happening within someone's head. Um, so I, I think that was really cool. It's not very scary in the sense. And that was part of my problem. I couldn't remember if it was scary or not. There were a few moments that did frighten me, but mostly cause I completely forgot about them. Uh, like, uh, John, like, uh, uh, um, John, what is it? John C. McGinley, he gets uh, run over, and I completely forgot about that aspect of the movie, so I genuinely shouted, oh my God, because I didn't know that was going to happen. Um, but I don't know. I think I think that for compared to what we watched last week, it kind of fits into the narrative we've been doing, which is uh, kind of we or Comic-Con, which is sort of... Uh, and being creative that's all so i i I enjoyed it for the most part okay i think we i don't know if any of that got through i think we lost pieces of that but it is what it it is what it is i think the majority of it's out there so yeah okay um so i will go next and say that i have never i'd never seen this movie before so I had no idea what to expect, and I tried not to read much about it. All I did find out was that I did know going in that it was kind of loosely based on And Then There Were None, which is a book I've never read, so that didn't really help me too much. I just kind of had that idea. So it starts out 
really hard to follow, I thought. Um, there's a lot of jumping around in time that kind of screwed with my head in ways that I didn't really understand the purpose of. Um, and looking back on those things, I still don't really understand the purpose of them, but I'm not too upset that they're there. It just made it initially hard to follow for me. But once things started going, when everyone was kind of centrally located at the motel, um, it started to make more sense to me. And that's when I started to get on board with it. And I liked the whole murder mystery aspect of each character slowly getting picked off by some mysterious figure or being or force something. So that was pretty cool. What was less, what made it a little less exciting to me was, so I will not claim that I saw what was coming. I did not, I did not guess the twist, but I could tell that something was very wrong and I wish that they had done a little bit more to hide that better. Um, the way that like they all ended up at the same place. There was no route of escape. All the roads in every direction were flooded and none of the phones worked and the storm never ended was like a pretty early indication to me that this is not as it seems. Something is not real world about this, but I don't know what. I had a lot of thoughts of like, are they in, are they already dead? And they're like, it's some version of hell or a purgatory or a limbo. Um, but I don't believe they're on this plane of existence. So I wish they could have hidden that a little better, but it was fine. Now, the t <laughs> there's really two major twists in this movie, and I hated both of them. <laughs> To be quite frank, uh, mm. the first one was when it is revealed that all of these characters are multiple personalities within this Malcolm Rivers character, who is a real world person um, who's on death row for murder, essentially. And his doctors are trying to prove that he did not do it. Another personality in his brain did it. And the whole aspect or whole purpose is if he can kill that personality, then the threat will have been eliminated and there's no reason to put him to death. I did not like that twist because the second I found out that the characters I've been following for an hour and 15 minutes were not real, I did not care about them anymore um, because the stakes were lower for me. And I was like, I don't, they're not real, I don't care. And then on top of that, I really don't care about Malcolm Rivers because I don't know who he is. He's this last character kind of thrown in there and I don't have sympathy for him because I don't know who he is. All I know is that he's a murderer and I don't have a lot of sympathy for that. <laughs> so I was like, I don't really care if he, if he kills the, the personality or not. But I was like, okay, I'm going to try to keep going here, but it's really hard for me to care. Um, and I know we've talked about it briefly, but I know that Garrett has an idea about why it was still worth caring about that is worth exploring. But where, where I really was like, fuck this, was when it was revealed that Timmy was the murderer the whole time, and I honestly yeah. could not think of a dumber ending to a film in my life. Yeah, that was, that was, the, that was the, I know what you did last summer. Yeah. Uh, still showing up at the very end. You know, that, yeah, was, was the, like, that, was, that was the kind of twist you expect, and that's why I'm kind of glad it was at the very end versus the other, uh, other one, because the other one at least is like, okay, that changes the that changes the dynamic of the new movie. Whereas just, it being Timmy, if they had done that part first, it would have been like, oh, well, that's stupid. 
and you would have checked a, out hard. It's a pretty short movie at like almost exactly an hour 30. So maybe they maybe if they had added more time and kind of spent give us more time with Malcolm, I might have cared for him more, but I just didn't care about him. And then that whole like ending that movie on whores don't get second chances. <laughs> was laughable. Yeah. So those are my thoughts. Um, Andrew, you're next. So there is some Oh, the hell with it. I didn't like this movie. I really no, didn't. Now, did you never like it? Because well, I liked it up till the point. So did you never fell like asleep it? during the part where it was good, though. That's true. To be fair. To be fair, Andrew fell asleep during the part where it was good. I was getting to that. <laughs> I bet you were. I bet you were. I did fall asleep more than once. You got to get Andrew a fresh pot of coffee on these events. There's nothing you can do. You can shoot him literally with a Red Bull in his veins and he'll fall asleep. <laughs> you cannot keep the man awake after 9 o'clock. It is impossible. Uh, you can watch this at 9 I o'clock in the evening? I told, yes. David, I told them both. I said, listen, this is a movie that y'all are going to have to pay attention to because there are some twists. And I will give Andrew credit where credit's due. He did his like... <laughs> Andrew, he was really, you he was really trying to watch, and then I look over again, and he's just. You gotta do what I do, Andrew. You gotta get you a chair. You gotta get you a chair like this that you can't fall asleep in. No, 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 no. I would fall asleep in it anyway. You fall, yeah, you fall asleep in this you chair. Fall asleep in a garbage right bag. This is an office chair, an office chair with no arms and no and like limited back support. You won't fall asleep and if you do you you'll fall out but you're also accustomed to falling down while sitting down so yeah, like metal folding chair is what he needs yeah anyway tell us about the movie <laughs> what do you remember what part you saw i thought that it was i think there was an interesting the only thing i really found interesting about it was um the introduction of all the characters i liked how the characters were introduced mm. did i like how they interacted no, didn't care how they interacted. And there were, I think the reason I was falling asleep was because I was bored. No, it's like, you fell asleep during a star war. You're not bored. No, 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 no. Was, you may have been was, bored, but that's not the reason. I, I fell asleep during the star Wars movie because I was jet lagged. Yeah, so there's a difference, but like, <laughs> but no, the, uh, I, I was falling asleep because I was bored. Like there is like the twists that were going on were not like, Oh my God. You know, I was looking for something that was kind of maybe I want to say that this movie was trying to be as Alfred Hitchcock as possible. And mm. I don't think it was, it was quite hitting the mark. And it's a shame because I like James Mangold. I think he actually does really good movies. Mm. I mean, he did, he's done several favorite movies of mine especially in the last couple of years. But this movie, I will say it was not a good effort by him. And I didn't really care for the, like, I didn't really care for the last, like the, the twist ending of the kid being the killer. I think that gave away everything. I think it gave away way too much. I think there was, I think it explained too much when it shouldn't have. And if you're going to make it a mystery, leave some of it to figure it out yourself. And this movie did none of that. For me. That's fair. 
and 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 uh, I'll give credit to where it's due. Some of the performances in this were very good. I I I genuinely like John Cusack. I think John Cusack's a good actor. I just uh, and I'll even say Ray Liotta, even though he has not been doing very well lately. So there's that. That's all I got to say about that. All right, and last but not least, or maybe least. Definitely least, 100% least. Uh, David, you you and I are the only two that had seen this movie, and I forgot how much I enjoy it um, Mm -hmm. to a point. There's a point where it veers, but going through it um, from from my memory, and I'm not a huge fan in general of these um, everything is in my head twists, after they happen. Um, look at things like Secret Window, um, even Shutter Island to an extent, because when you know the twist, it makes the movie not as good as that first time it happened. Yeah, yeah. And I really only feel that with this because throughout my notes, and I'm gonna pose a couple of questions to Josh and Andrew, I was able to pick up on a lot of things and I'm wondering how you interpreted them and if it made you see the movie differently than me. But I genuinely didn't think that this was a Halloween movie. And I think that there is a small argument that it could be made a slasher movie at the beginning. Um, I mean, a woman's head was, a woman's severed head was found bouncing around in the dryer. That is, thing, that is something that happens in a slasher movie. That is a horror element. There was a uh, baseball bat shoved into yeah, Jake Busey's face. Exactly. So there are very decent horror elements. I still yeah. lean in the camp just because of the twist that it's not a Halloween yeah. movie, but watching this, I, 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 in my notes, I said the first kill has changed my opinion in that I do think that you can make an argument for this to be very slasher movie vein. And I like and this it, movie because I've seen a lot of the movies where they go, it's all in your mind kind of a twist. And this is really the only one that I've seen that's like this. And so I like it and I give it credit for that, which I yeah. very much enjoy. And I'll say that those 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 parts were what were actually in my head when I first made the recommendation. That was what I remembered was, you know, her in the rain under this thing, and then her head, and then Jake Busey's whole situation. The way that the the, the way that the uh, boyfriend gets killed, where he's banging on the door to, to for her to come out, and then there's a pause, and then he's banging on the door to get in. Like those were the things that stood in my memory. Is like, yeah, I remember being kind of freaked out by that as a kid. It was very spooky, but I didn't remember a lot of the other contexts. Sorry, Garrett, go ahead. No, that's fine. And, and since you brought up the second kill, uh, the boyfriend, I, that's one of the things that I put in my notes is I know that he's, when he pauses and then he starts screaming again, it comes across as like one of those jump scary things where like, okay, he's quiet and the girl gets closer and closer and then he starts banging on it again. Andrew, Josh, did you think that he was being killed in that moment or did you think that he was just trying to get her to open the door. I thought he was being killed. I thought he was being killed too. Okay. So that was one of the ones that I was curious about. Um, The other one is going back and forth with um, everything at the motel and the lawyer scenes. Because at the very beginning of this movie, the background that they give you is Malcolm Rivers. Mm -hmm. But it's so subtle and I wish they wouldn't show you Malcolm because that sucks the fun out of it. Um, because they show you Malcolm at the very beginning and then you don't see him again. And you're thinking, what? Yeah, who was this dude at the beginning? And so I was curious if when they were cutting back and forth, 
if you thought that Gary B or Jake Busey's character was the one that they were trying to stay or not. No, because they were, they had, they had introduced this idea of a prison transfer at the beginning of the movie. And then here happens to be a prisoner in transfer. Exactly. I never, I never That's thought sort of that the... Jake Busey's character was the killer at no point. Okay. I thought that would, I thought that would be too easy. Okay. I agree. Well, you, you never thought he was like the killer that was killing them. Or did you think that he, cause like, Part of me, again, knowing, and maybe I was just thinking too much because I knew how the movie was going to go. Because part of me thought, okay, they're setting this up for the lawyers to be discussing Jake Busey as the insane one, but they're all being stalked by another killer. And so I didn't know if that was a way that you guys may have taken it or not, so I wanted to ask. No, I just never... I just didn't take that bait. I just never believed that was the case. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was just curious. As far as uh, the twist of everybody being in their head, again, when it first happens, I enjoy it. And honestly, I enjoyed it for this one, mostly because it was different. I liked that they didn't follow the regular stereotype of you find out that everything's in your head at the end of the movie and that's it. I like that they pulled out one of those characters and talked to the character and said, listen, this is what's going on. You have to make sure the killer does not survive. And so now, for me, that changes the entire structure of the movie where we know what's going on, mm -hmm. but now we live in this real supernatural thing where these personalities can do anything and anything is possible. And so while they may not be real and they may not matter to me. It's still very interesting because now I just want to know what happens. I want to know who's going to survive. I want to know who's going to be the killer. I want to know if John Cusack is going to be able to convince Amanda Pete that she is not real. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to see all of that. And I just think that it takes it to a different level of these kinds of movies that we've never seen it before. And I really enjoy that where it does lose me and really just kind of sucks it is when that little boy is the killer. And I get yeah. that it ties in with Malcolm Rivers as a kid who had a troubled childhood and, you know, it makes sense from a story perspective, but I don't like it. Um, I almost think that it would have been more fun had when Amanda Peet's character at the end was digging in the dirt with her trowel, she found some kind of, um, like, skeletal hand or something and then she just kind of smiles and then we have some kind of like look back and we find out that the land that she bought was the land that she was taken from and where her parents and whatnot were killed or whatever. I think that would have been a little more interesting because really the kid being the killer just sucks all the fun out of it. And it yeah. really makes it cheesy. Yeah, it, that it, I feel like they were like, well, this is the most obvious, so let's just do it. I don't know. I... um. I will say that it, it, for me, yeah, you're right, Gary. It takes that that struggle and takes it f and, and removes it from the 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 expected. To now, it's like an inner struggle. Now it's a struggle within this guy. And, and it's weird to say because do, do they, are the characters not real? Because the doctor even makes the argument: all of these personalities resurge in this person. Like I've talked to I've talked to this one. I've talked to that one. You can listen to the interviews and they say different things. There are they're distinct personalities within this individual. He's mentally unstable, you know? So like they are in a sense real, 
inside of him, but they don't have, but obviously they have fabricated backgrounds that he, you know, sort of created for himself. I think, um, I think it's an interesting idea. I too have my problems with it because like I said, the reason that it stood out in my brain was I was like, you know, an interesting, I was like, I was like an interesting scary film that I never hear anybody talk about was this movie I watched a long time ago. And I even had to look up the title. I didn't remember it right away, but I remember the image of like the baseball bat. I remember the image of uh, the guy banging on the door, all that stuff. Um, And I kind of vaguely remember the image of the kid slapping the the trowel (laughs) in his hand. But um, I think that, I think you're right, Josh. I think maybe like an extra 15 minutes or so could have really given them even more to explore with the the real world component of this guy struggling to uh, integrate these different personalities and try to eliminate them so that he can uh, avoid. And he doesn't even seem to have a full uh, comprehension of avoiding death row, which is, I guess is a part of the point they're trying to make is you can't put someone to death uh, that doesn't understand why they're being put to death. It's just, uh, you know, the idea that that's morally unethical. So like, it's an interesting concept and I feel like it maybe it, hangs on and I, I said i appreciate that it, they introduced that with a little bit to go maybe they could have even introduced it a little bit sooner giving you a little bit more time to breathe on that because of how different that makes what your end goal is because it's not so much about oh can x and y survive it now becomes about can this man uh uh save himself by you know, eliminating the murderous tendencies of his past. Feel bad for the guy. The dude's got three criminal uh, alter uh, uh, personalities within him. Apparently, he's got Jake Busey, Ray Liotta, and this kid. That he's got to contend with. Yeah, I think you know, at at ninety minutes, they could afford to add a little more without upsetting people. There's room for this movie to be a little bit longer and and, and offer some of that. Um, but ultimately, I think this character, this Malcolm. River's character, the reason why he doesn't work well for me is probably because he lacks a personality of his own. And Mm -hmm. so it is extremely hard to invest yourself in him as a character when you don't know who he is. Well, and I think think they could have changed that by, give me the twist up front. Tell me immediately who Malcolm Rivers is. And then have a conversation with Malcolm of, you know, this is your final chance to save yourself. And you have to rid yourself of this killer's personality. And then you know that all of this is taking place in his head, but you still don't know who the killer is. So you don't lose anything. All of everything could have been the same and you would have known that this man is trying to find out, because he doesn't know. Well, he might, but he doesn't genuinely know. So he's trying to figure it out. So yeah. he brings all his personalities to this hotel, just like he does in the, in the movie with us not knowing. And they work it out in, in the same fashion. They die one by one. You don't know who it is. Everything happens. Um, the end is the kid still, which would suck, but... This time, this way, you know everything that's going on in his head. You feel a little bit more sympathetic towards Malcolm because you are presented this and you know that he's really 
of sympathy for him without taking anything away of what we got during the whodunit murder aspect. I do want to give yeah. I do want to give an element of of uh, praise to Pruitt Taylor Vince who plays Malcolm Rivers because there is a sequence in the movie that when the when the when the twist is sort of made its most present when the character is like what one moment John Cusack and then he's also um, Pruitt Vince cutting back and forth between like whose face it is, you know, and who's, you know, like, like, you know, seeing that performance from both perspectives. And he has this, he did this really cool, this really interesting thing with like his eyes where they would like shift back and forth in his head. Like he was like, like he was data reading, <laughs> you know, uh, reading a lot of people have the ability to like make their eyes vibrate and I'm wondering like if he wobbling in his head. And I was like, I was like, wow, that's really disturbing to look at. Um, yeah, I was, I was actually glad when he pulled, when he rolled in, I was like, well, that's cool because it's um, between him and John Hart, who played the the guy who was running the motel. I was like, "Oh, we've got a couple of Deadwood alums in this movie. This is great." Um, and uh, I thought all of the performances to kind of move to a more like uh, 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 I guess uh, 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 craft style uh, uh, talk. I thought all of the performances were uh, were pretty good, pretty accurate. I, I thought that at times that I. But um, again, that's something that you can kind of write off to the idea that like, you know, they're not uh, meant to be fully fleshed out. They're meant to be sort of like these one to two dimensional characters that this person, these personalities that this man's created. Um, I thought that uh, the suspense was good. I thought that they held that pretty well at times. Um, And um, yeah, I don't, I, 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 uh, I'm trying to think of another aspect to talk about. Anybody? Else? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was well made. And I mean, I'm going to, you know, Andrew took a dump on James Mangold at the beginning of this, but I think the directing <laughs> was fine. My, my issues with the movie lie in the script alone, uh, which was not his fault. I think, you know, the, oh, I get, you know, I do. And I have issues with some of those flashbacks too in the beginning, but it's forget. Yeah. The shifting perspectives. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's the motel was scary um, throughout. The storm was pretty foreboding and scary. Um, so the element of fear was was well made and well translated. I thought. Um, so I have no issue with the directing per se. It like I think stylistically, I think it's pretty good. I think it's okay. Like you can take away from a lot of it. Like it's a, it's an honest effort. It's an honest effort. And, uh, there's not much, I want to say there's probably not much intrigue here in the mystery. There's enough to generate some interest, but not a lot. What do you mean by that? Because I don't understand what you mean. Did you predict this whole entire movie? Because if you do, you're a liar. No. So, like, what are you saying? There is no mystery. I don't understand. I don't understand. My thing is, is that, like, it's, after a while, it just gets kind of, like, it just gets kind of predictable almost. But did you predict it? No, I didn't predict it. Well, then it's not predictable. What you talking about? I'm trying to understand, but I don't. Okay. Like, we were even talking about earlier, like, how it follows the tropes of a like a of a murder mystery with some yeah. some scarier elements, 
but then it subverts that by being completely outside of that uh, initial premise. Yeah. Like if you're saying like the murder mystery component that they were going with up until um, they sort of figure uh, up until things get weird and like bodies just start disappearing. Like if you're like, that part's predictable. I'll, I'll give you that. kind of follows the, the, the line that you expect a murder mystery to have. One person dies, one another person dies, another person dies. Oh, this person went away for a minute. Now they're dead. Like, I get that. But then it kind of doesn't go where a traditional movie like that would go with, is, which is like it comes down to a big showdown between the final two. Right. Yeah. I think it's kind of where I'm going with that. Mm. But like – like the last, the last third act of the movie, it's just like, why? You know, like I, I just, yeah, I just don't. I, it, it got to the point where I just don't care. Yeah, I, I, just, uh, I, I, just I, I stopped. Care. I stopped caring a bit too when it was revealed that they were personalities in the head. I think where the mystery part, where the mystery part kept me was, I can't identify exactly when it happened, but at some point I was thinking. I don't think any of these people are the killer. I, I was like something still, I still believe something is not right. This is not a real world in some fashion. And I think the killer is some kind of supernatural or other related being. And I, I contend that I, that's kind of true. Um, because one, they made the Timmy kill so damn silly that they're just silly. And two, it kind of is – an otherworldly being is what killed them. It was mm-hmm. Malcolm in his head killing them off one by one. So that's where the mystery kept me intrigued is I was like, I don't believe any of these, these people are killing each other, so who is doing it or what is doing it? Um, I just wasn't happy with what I found out. <laughs> but the mystery part was fun. That's fine. That's- that's fine. I had a feeling that that because that because I did remember the twist. I remember those 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 specific elements, those specific scary elements, and I remember the twist. And I remember. I think I even said it when I put it on the wheel. I was like, "You guys either like this or you will hate it." Um, I think it was. Um, um, I think if you look at the Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Critical consensus, it even says, identity is a film that will divide audiences. The twists of its plot will either impress or exasperate you. And I was like, yeah, that's that's how, and I, and I read that before we went live, and I was like, this is, I feel like that's going to happen. It's either going to be 50-50 down the line for this movie, this review, or maybe we'll get lucky, or, or, or more, more than likely, it'll be like one in four, <laughs> you know? So... Um. Anything else, uh, uh, Garrett? No, I mean, again, I think that, I do think that this is a fun movie. I quite enjoy it. I always have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just have to accept that you will be disappointed at the end. Um, <laughs> but what leads up to the end, I think, is very fun and very intriguing. Um, it's not a movie that I would recommend you watch very often, only because I have my thing about um, knowing how the twist is. Um, and that sucks a lot of fun out of me. Um, yeah, I think you had to still, it's even knowing it this time though, it's been, I don't know, probably since 2013 or 20, 2003, even longer than I thought. So it's probably been since 2003 that I've seen it. And so it's not as fresh in my brain, even though I know what the twist is, I don't remember the parts of it. 
Mm-hmm. And so I can appreciate the parts, um, even if I'm let down by the final twist. Yeah, I think you have to find something different to appreciate when it comes to a movie that like really relies on its twist. Because um, you can have a twist ending that's really good, and you go, oh, that really changes things, and it makes it more interesting. Um, and uh, But sometimes if you put too much on a twist then it's like, oh, you kind of you can't watch the movie and, and, and feel any excitement in the buildup. Uh, here, I was kind of watching just to kind of appreciate, um, kind of appreciate the way up, you know, and kind of hope that I was, hope that I was going to be okay by having put this on the wheel. I, I don't think uh, I ended up being very justified <laughs> at the end. But, no. but hey, you know what? It helped me because I'm trying to uh, watch all of James Mangold's movies uh, in preparation of the eventual Indy Five, so it helped me in that respect. Well, and I got to watch a movie I'd never seen before, so it helped me in that respect. Exactly. I don't know that there's another scenario where we would have watched this obscure film. Right, and hey, you know what? Is an orig- it's an original for the most part movie. Uh, it's an homage to, uh, to to and then there were none, but it's not like a, ad- a, a strict adaptation. Um, you know, it's original movie, original concept, and, uh, you know, pretty good cast. Yeah. Well, yeah. and how about, um, how about that soundtrack, Andrew, from, um, MCU alum, Alvin Silvestri. Silvestri. <laughs> My bad. Alan. Alan. I don't oh, know how you say it. Alvin. I just saw his name in the credit and I was like, I know that name from somewhere. And he's like yeah. done a lot of the MCU movies as well yeah, as we, back, to, back to the Future and Forrest Gump. Yep. Uh, We've and done Super quite Mario a few Brothers. Silvestri films. We have. I think, he did right. some, I I think he did, didn't he do some work on the Lord of the Rings movies too? Mm, no, that's Maybe. hard. May I'm remembering somebody else. Oh, well. Okay, well, let's talk about, I guess, the box office history of Identity. Yep, yep, yep. we'll launch right into it here. Uh, so, Identity, Identity, interestingly enough, wasn't an October movie. It debuted April 25th uh, in 2003. It debuted in the number one spot with $16.2 million. Uh, in the, uh, just below it, you had uh, Adam Sandler's Anger Management in its third week, bringing in $15 million. At number three, a movie that I know this crowd likes, Holes, starring Shia LaBeouf. Hey, everybody likes Holes. Holes is great. Dim Holes. Uh, that buried in 12.5 in its second week. At number four, I guarantee a movie Garrett's watched at least three times. It's Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> with, huh? Josh is a big Malibu's Most Wanted. I like Malibu's Wanted, Most Wanted, but I agree with you, David. It is wildly hard to believe that that's not one of Garrett's top three movies of all time. It never, fits, it fits ever, every one ever. of your things. Every one of your things. I never, oh, ever like that Jamie is, Kennedy. The only time I like, like Jamie Kennedy is Scream. <laughs> I don't like Jamie <laughs> Kennedy. That is, a, uh, that, that is a good burger movie. Uh, exactly. Right it, is, it, is a, it is a grandma's boy. It is all those things. <laughs> oh, I believe that. I just really don't like Jamie Kennedy. I've never. That's, hey, that's respectable. Anyhow, uh, at number five, I don't actually know this movie, but uh, a good chance Andrew will. It's called Confidence at number five with 4.8 million. Can't say uh, that I do. No, I don't even recognize any of the actors in it. Okay. So that's your that's your top five for the weekend the movie released. Identity would go on to make fifty two point one million in the United States, uh, with thirty eight point one million coming in from overseas, giving it a worldwide total of ninety point two million dollars, which easily uh, eclipsed its twenty eight million dollar budget. 
So a big success and uh, probably gave them a lot of confidence in uh, the movie and James and James Mangold. Uh, for the year of 2003, we were here just recently for the number one film, which is The Lord of the Rings Return of the King. At number two for the year 2003, you have Finding Nemo. At number three, Pirates of the Caribbean, Black Pearl. At number four, another movie we just watched, The Matrix Reloaded. At number five, and these are domestic numbers, Bruce Almighty. Uh, Identity would fall in the number 57 spot, which I think all things considered isn't too bad for a movie with uh, no uh, franchise attachment, no real like your, 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 your top build star is John Cusack. I mean, that's not too bad. Finishing uh, just a few hundred million dollars behind the movie Radio, starring uh, Cuba uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. And uh, just under that is Underworld. So, not bad. Um, that is, that's it for the box office numbers this week. Nice. Um, we can move on to Letterboxd. Yes. I think that's David. David you're too, right. Yeah, I think Again, I won last week on the yeah. overall rankings. I'm just behind Josh. Josh has nine wins. I have seven. Uh, Andrew and Garrett are just behind with six. The big stakes on the line. Big stakes because the winner of the letterbox game gets to pick what we start with next year. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's the, that's what the winner gets. So big stakes, big stakes. Um, T bones. Um, so I have identity pulled up here. Uh, this movie has been uh, fifty four thousand have claimed to watch it. We have uh, twenty nine thousand reviews. What's everybody's guess? Um, twenty thousand ratings, I should say. I think Letterboxd fans might enjoy this movie a little more than I did. So I'm going to guess a 3.4. 3.4 from Josh. I'm going to say 3.1. Oh, my God. From Andrew. You guys didn't even like this movie, and I gave it in my initial rankings a lower score than both of you. So now I got to rethink. My personal score is lower than that. Mm-hmm. But I know that's why I'm stunned. Well, you got to play the game. You got to think about. Well, I was. You got to play the game. Where's the aggregate going to come in? Where's the aggregate going to come in there? Because I because I underplayed it. Based on my score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just do. I do. Uh, I'll do three, I guess. Even three? Yeah. Okay. Well, for those of you who may not have seen the game before, the winner is going to be whoever is the closest, regardless of whether they go over or not. So the winner this week, unfortunately, is Josh. Bringing his totals up to 10, it is a 3.3 on Letterboxd. What? 3.3, which I think think might be fair. I think that there's there's some good here. It doesn't – it's not quite bad. Uh, 54 people have put this in their top four movie spots, their favorite movie f- spot. So uh, that's you know good for it. Yeah. All right, I'll uh, here I'll read off uh, I'll read off a top review here. Uh, no, that one's way too long. Give me a top review that's that's short. Okay. 
Davey22 says, this was a pretty good mystery thriller. The characters were uh, good. Story was really interesting. I did not expect it to go the direction it did. It was very suspenseful until the, uh, it was very suspenseful up until the reveal. Uh, but I thought it was a, a fairly good plot twist. Now let me find a bad review. I like I, I like to pull up a good review and a bad review. More. Uh, review activity lowest first. Uh, okay, here we go from Orcs. This says. It's wor- it's worse it's a worst what the heck was written here <laughs> this is wor- anyway I'm gonna write I'm gonna go with this next one uh, words cannot describe how much I hate this film and for Michael Cooney's plagiarism I don't know what that means there you go stole it from that guy he had that same idea in 2003 and they stole it from him we've all been there uh, anyway so those are, those are some reviews from Letterboxd uh, overall 3.3 what would we rate it I think I'm going to be the highest, so I'll start off. I'm a 3.5. Okay. I'm going to go 2.5. 2.5 from Andrew. Yeah. I'll split you. And we got it. Three. Right in the middle. I, I also intended to go with a three. All right. We got to make a, a compilation. I, I know this is just making more work for either Josh or Garrett because they have the video editor. We got to make a compilation of Andrew just trashing movies only to give them two and a half stars. Because uh, he's like, this movie was awful. I was bored. I fell asleep. I give it a two and a half. Yeah, Andrew doesn't have an actual scale, so yeah. his his star ratings don't necessarily mean anything because he doesn't weight them. No, it's just his. I mean, he might have a scale in his head, but like every, every one of my stars is equated with an adjective. Yeah, and that's how I use to describe. So when I say identity, I say it's a good movie. Good is three stars. Yeah. Plus it has three stars. Yeah. Andrew's most hated movie was what was it? It was some random movie, movie that well, what was remember. it? It was it was ridiculous. It was his least favorite movie. It was like the only thing that he gave a half star. And it was better than that. Uh, Andrew It was Andrew, Men in a, it was Men in Black too. Yeah, it was Men in Black too. Men, Men in Black, Black too was his least favorite and we movie. Went, and the thing is, Insane. he spent all of our June our best, our best of 2019, or our midway point of 2019, ragging on The Lion King, just talking about how it was awful, it was boring, it was a waste of time. He gave that movie three stars. Mm-hmm. You really don't make any sense. No scale. He hated it. There is no scale. Like, but here, I want to know. This is we've tangented, but this is important. Are you basing it off of your entertainment? or how good of a movie you think it is being like on the technical aspect because your brain typically goes for the technical. And like, while you don't like The Lion King, I could see how you would give it that much for the technical achievements. But if you hate it and give it three stars, you're insane. (laughs) Yeah. At least he's consistently inconsistent. So, okay. So how so, do you rate your movies? It's, it's, it's how do I rate my video? If it yes. keeps number one, if it keeps my attention. Number two, if the plotting is really good. And number three, yes, technical aspects are, for me anyway, I pay very close attention to stuff like that. Sure. Because I, I like it. 
Um, but so okay, okay. Let me interrupt real quick because did Lion King keep your attention? It did, but it was it was the same exact story. So it was predictable, just like Identity. Mm. Yeah. In your opinion, I don't feel like Identity is predictable, I fe- but that's but different. I feel like Identity was less predictable than the Lion King. Okay, so that should be a knock. Yeah. So this, is a three. this is really weird. Like this I'm like reeling right now. It doesn't make sense. You did. You s- on your letterbox review of the Lion King. Your own admission. Yeah, three and a half stars, and then you write my reaction underwhelming. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that makes no sense. It, it so... <sighs> I mean, you wrote a lot more, but the point and, is and you wait, wrote and underwhelming. Then, and then you said if the plotting is good, okay, I agree. But you also said that The Lion King was literally just The Lion King. So for a new movie to come out and it be the same exact thing as the old movie, then you should not be intrigued by the plotting because you already done seen it once. Yeah. But, and, and, so and, and, I'll give you the technical achievements, but based on your rating scale, you literally gave The Lion King three and a half stars solely based on technical achievement. Yes. Because... No. Okay. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> why, are, why are we letting him talk? Let me explain. I, I just, I'm just, I need to know. He, he can't answer. Wait. I'm just curious. We've devolved, we've devolved into a meeting at this point. I just, I okay. just no. That's why. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let me try to explain. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's too much. Let me sum up. The Lion King, the reason why I... Gave the Lion King three stars. Let me try to justify it, because I don't even remember what I wrote, but I do remember that like it was underwhelming. It. it was underwhelming in the in the regard that it was like there was nothing new about the plot. It's the same thing. If you watch the old Lion King, it's the same thing. You know, it's it's, but it's like the old Lion King is way better than the new one, and the reason why is because the new Lion King. Like you don't get the emotion. You get no emotion whatsoever. And that's how I felt whenever I was watching it. It's like the CGI is fantastic. Like mm-hmm. the effects are fantastic. The sound is fantastic. Um, there's a lot of fantastic elements about the new Lion King. This movie, like, but like, it, it, what is it interesting? Not really. And why did you like give it to I will get, like I said. It, like, this is, a, this is a circular thing. It will never be answered. It will never be answered. And we're an hour into this show, so I'm cutting it off. It's over. <laughs> it is over. Hang on. Before we do, I just want to see if I can find his quick. But I do want to assign Andrew some homework. You must come up with a rating system. <laughs> okay. That is your homework. I don't care how it works. You do it your own way. But you yeah, need to absolutely. have a rating system to to I will I will make a chart. Fully explain. Make a chart. Make it complex. I, will I don't make, care. Make a chart. Then it's going to be I will make a chart. And that's that. <laughs> Cuz like we still got to do we got to spin the wheel. We still got stuff to do. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's Oh yeah. That old spiel. We will go back and forth of Why did you pick three and a half stars? We will. Okay, so we've done two movies. Um, I guess we'll just still leave him on there because, I mean, I would say odds are we won't land on them, but we did last week. But if we do, we, we did last again. week. We'll just respin. That's yep. the, you know, so. So what is left? What is what left is on left? that wheel? We've got 
The Exorcist. That's from you. The Frighteners. From Andrew. The Conjuring. From me. The Thing. From David. Sleepy Hollow. From Andrew. And Color Out of Space. From me. So, out of curiosity, I can't change one, can I? Nope. Okay. Never mind. For fun, though, what would what would you change into what? I would change Sleepy Hollow to Misery. Oh, that's a shame. We won't allow it, but that would have been a better choice. Okay. Yeah. Not allowed! <laughs> yeah. well, You're yeah, going to make us watch this, this steampunk <laughs> romance instead. <laughs> steampunk romance. You know, normally that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to get it to that, where it's that, that, that appeals to gear it's crank. Crank sensibilities. I'm trying to get it to where it's at least a little legible. I can uh, see it okay there. It, uh, with my with my with my stuff maximized. Oh no. The thing. Yay! Yes. Two Davids in a row. Yeah. David's gonna rule this month, I guess. I wonder if I like it. I wonder if Andrew or I are ever gonna get a movie picked. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be Garrett's next week. It probably is going to be Garrett's next week. I'm out at this point. I'm out. We'll point. make him work. We'll make him work. I like that there are no real rules for how we do uh, Halloween or uh, October because, like last year, mm. we just picked two movies that had there were two parters that were horror uh, horror genre movies, and the year before that, you guys just did all Halloween. Yep. It's just whatever, man. It's just no whatever. Rules. Next year will be this, something different as well, right? And if we don't, this is a good system to replace that. So you know. Mm. Okay, so we will do John Carpenter's The Thing next week, a uh, certified classic, I think. Seems to be. It's, a, it's a cult classic. Yes, yeah, it didn't do well is, when it first released, but it has since become really popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is 1982. Um, Kurt Russell, Wilford Brimley. Yeah. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time. Keith David. Keith David, yeah. yeah. But yeah. this is also, this is John Carpenter. This is like one of the kings of horror, so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I am excited. A little bit of a, and with a little bit of a sci-fi twist, it'll be cool. Yeah, yeah. So check I do out. really want to watch that weird color. What was it, the color one that you... Oh, uh, I know. I do, too. I want to watch yeah. it anyway. Yeah. The color... Yeah. Of money. Remember. The, yeah. Color of money. <laughs> the color so, purple. Maybe we'll watch that for fun <laughs> if we don't land on it. Um, so find us online. You can subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcasting app. Mm-hmm. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel where you'll get to watch us yell at Andrew versus listen. Always much more fun. I think watching you is You can watch my 100% accurate impression of me snoring as Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so find us there and of course follow us on social media Facebook, Instagram, Twitter we're on all of those and on Letterboxd you can follow us there as well so we'll be back next week uh, with the second half of Halloween month The Thing Um, until next time when's everybody's birthday? I was going to say whores don't get second chances and you come out with (laughs) it